Hello, and welcome to Bubby Brister's Brunch Buddies, your go-to show for football history, analysis, and general sports information on the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. Well, we won't be getting any Washington news this week. Okay, way to rub (laughs) it in. You guys are our first round out, but you know, enjoy while it lasts. That's not true. I'm Harry Gollum, here with Andrew Pearson. Hello, folks. And today, Andrew and I are going to be covering the matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll also make our playoff predictions, reflect on the firing of Joe Judge, and mourn what could have been for both the Chargers and the Colts. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. First, let's dive into the matchup. So, if I asked you to guess, Andrew, who do you think is leading the all-time series between the Raiders and the Bengals? That's actually really hard. That's really hard. Because... There were period. There's, there's been actually no, probably Raiders, Raiders lifetime probably. That's right, twenty-one to twelve Raiders, and the Raiders have won both playoff matchups. Now, interestingly, both of the times they played in the playoffs, they were divisional round games. So this is the first time the two teams are ever facing off in the wild card round. So there you go, little tidbit. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they can make a little bit of history. We'll see. Now let's look at one of those playoff games, Andrew. So we are heading into a 1990 AFC playoff divisional game. It is from the, of course, uh, it is on, it is it actually in LA because this is back when the Raiders are in LA, right? Yeah. And we're looking at a, I'm not going to say familiar, but not unfamiliar Raiders team. I mean, they've got Jay Schroeder at quarterback, who's not exactly a household name, but he was around the franchise for a long, long time. And the big names are really, in the backfield with Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson, though they also had uh, Tim Brown out wide. So mm-hmm. in the end, not a bad, not a bad Raiders team by any means. They're a playoff team, right? Yeah. Now the Bengals had Boomer Esiason and Icky Woods. Yes, Icky Woods. I love Icky, Icky Woods. Icky yeah, so we'll talk the the Icky Shuffle, dude. That's right. That's right. So. Let's get into the game. There is no scoring in the first quarter. It's <laughs> a good way to start. That's right. That's right. So Cincinnati strikes first, breaking through early in the second quarter with a field goal. But they're almost immediately one-upped by the Raiders uh, as Jay Schroeder finds Mervin Fernandez downfield for a, for a touchdown. Now it's 7-3, to three, heading into the locker room. The Raiders extend their lead to a full touchdown with a Jeff Yeager 49-yarder, and that's all the scoring we're going to get for the third quarter. But Boomer Esiason, wouldn't you know it, Andrew? The blondest he's not going down man alive. Fight. That's right. He's not going down without a fight, though. Early in the fourth quarter, he absolutely lasers in on Stanford Jennings eight yards downfield to tie the game. Unfortunately, his defense disintegrates giving up a 41-yard bomb from Jay Schroeder to Ethan Horton to make it a 17-10 to game. And late, late, late in the fourth quarter, Jeff Yeager hits his second field goal of the evening to make it a 20-10 to final score. Raiders win and advance. Tragic. Tragic on the Bengals end, dude. Yep. So there's one particular player I want to highlight who didn't come up a ton in this actual recap, but still checked in with a respectable three receptions and 42 yards. That being the one, the only Tim Brown. 
Ah, yes, Tim Brown. Probably one of the most underappreciated receivers mm, in the Absolutely. Game. There's a classic thought experiment, which is what if you switched which side of the bay Tim Brown and Jerry Rice ended up on? And how would their respective careers have ended up? Now, I'm not saying Tim Brown was as good as or would have been as good as Jerry Rice in that situation, but I think there's little doubt that Tim Brown was an excellent receiver who would probably be a lot higher up in those conversations had he been blessed with the kind of quarterback talent that Jerry Rice had. Because if I'm remembering correctly, Harry, the the best quarterbacks that that Tim Brown ever worked with were Rich Gannon in, Rich Gannon. in like 02, 01, mm-hmm. and... Oh my gosh. Is that it? Is that the only um, like actual well, good quarterback? Jay Schroeder? Uh oh, yeah, like I'm trying here. Yeah, uh, that's like yeah. kinda it, right? And yet still he managed to finish his career with over a thousand receptions, fourteen thousand seven hundred and thirty-four receiving yards, and ninety-nine touchdowns. He was also a pretty excellent punt returner with three punt return touchdowns and over 3,000 yards returning punts. Not only so, that, Harry, but he lasted a long, long time oh yeah. in the NFL. Oh, yeah. What was it? like? He was drafted a, in was, 1988. It was almost 20 years, right? Uh, let me see exactly when he retired. He retired in 2004. So that's going to be about 16 years. Actually, 17. 17, rather. 17 years. Jerry Rice lasted about 21, 22 years. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. What was his last season like with Tampa? Because he was on the Raiders for pretty much the entire um, the entire of his career, except for that last year where he played. He played 15 games. He only had 24 catches, though. Still at a 77.4% catch percentage. Jesus Christ. At 38 years old. Only caught one touchdown, though. But, yeah. So, anyway, Tim Brown, super good, very underappreciated, did not play with exactly elite quarterback talent. So, I think that's sort of an interesting point to make. Mm -hmm. Now, we're also going to look at another game. This one, I I hope, will make Bengals fans a little more optimistic. It's not a playoff game, but it is a game that happened in L.A. Again, Bengals, Raiders, it's 1988. So, a familiar face in Jim Breach opens the scoring in this game for Cincinnati, kicking a, a uh, 28-yard field goal to put the Bengals up 3-0. Then Boomer Esiason connects with Rodney Holman to go up, what is that, 10 to nothing. And then Icky Woods runs in for a touchdown to make it 17 to nothing Cincinnati halfway through the second quarter. Now, the Raiders do get back on their feet about a minute later, having Jay Schroeder find Tim Brown 65 yards downfield to make a 17 to seven. But Tim McGee catches a pass from Boomer Esiason to keep that Cincy lead at 17 heading into halftime. Then Cincinnati continues to absolutely pile it on scoring two more rushing touchdowns, neither which by Icky though, to make it 38 to seven. And then finally, Boomer Sison hits Ira Hillary 15 yards downfield to make it 45 to seven in the last five minutes of the game. Jay Schroeder has a rushing touchdown and then finds Mervin Fernandez downfield for another touchdown to make it 45 to 21. But outside of garbage time, this is a 45 to seven Bengals win. I mean, just another dominant performance. And honestly, 
One that I don't think we're going to see on Sunday, but mm-hmm. one that the Bengals are very capable of doing. Indeed. So this also brings me to another person I wanted to talk about. A fellow by the name of Icky Woods. Ah, Icky Woods. I love Icky Woods. So, interestingly, he everyone knows him for the Icky Shuffle, right? I mean, that's that's what that's what they know him for. That's it's obvious. Thing. That's his thing. It's his thing. But he actually, in his rookie year, finished with 15 rushing touchdowns, which is pretty incredible. And I'm not sure how many of these records he holds because. Well, I, no, actually, I know he holds some of these records. Uh, he actually holds the franchise record for the Bengals. He holds around 30 franchise records for the Bengals. Oh, my gosh. What? Uh, basically, everything to do with rush attempts and rush yards and rush yards per game and rushing TDs and rushing yards per game in the playoffs. He's basically the best playoff runner the Bengals ever have. And and just general uh, general records, does he still hold some of those? Uh, he holds, let's see, total touchdowns in the playoffs and in a rookie season. Yards from scrimmage in the playoffs. All-purpose yards in the playoffs. He does actually, he's tied with uh, Cedric Benson, I believe, for the most 100-yard-plus rushing games in Bengal, in a season for the Bengals with mm-hmm. seven. Um, he also holds the record in the franchise for most games with three plus two plus or one plus touchdowns scored both in playoffs and in the rookie season. So basically there hasn't been a better rookie or playoff runner since Icky Woods to grace Cincinnati. <laughs> then again, the Bengals haven't made a whole lot of playoff games. So mm-hmm. competition's a bit slim there. Indeed. It is true. Unfortunately. Uh, anything else vaguely notable? Uh Oh Yeah. He also owns the Cincinnati Sizzle, uh, which is the Washington, the Women's Football Alliance. It's a tackle football league. But for women. Yeah, but for women, indeed. I always forget that even exists. It's so niche. It's very niche, indeed. But there you go. That's that's the information I have on Icky Woods. Very good runner. Mm-hmm. Now, Andrew, will the spirit of Icky Woods possess famed upstanding human being joe mixon famed pillar of the community joe mixon to run all over the raiders and do- give the uh really give, knock him to the ground knock him to the ground not take no for an answer <laughs> you might have to cut that no it's okay um uh or or will the spirit of tim brown possess hunter renfro <laughs> <laughs> no no to, they uh, have deshaun jackson they have deshaun jackson I guess so. Uh, or will the will the spirit Brian of Jay e- Schroeder, Brian Edwards, says, Brian Edwards spirit, is on that team? That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, will the spirit of Rich Gannon possess Derek Carr? I do love make Rich another Gannon, deep though. playoff run. We should have talked about Rich Gannon more. Yeah. Well, I, his his time will come. I we'll we'll have another one. We'll have another. If the Bucks one. make it further into the playoffs, then they'll they, or the, the Raiders. Raiders for them, in. or the Bucks. Oh no, no, you no, no. Sorry, sorry. I'm thinking of Gruden randomly. He Did, didn't bring him in. Didn't he bring Gannon in like way past his prime or something Bro, on the Bucks? Dude, he was no. So Gannon retired. Ran, Gannon retired. Did he just straight up retire? He retired feel... a Raider in like 05. Okay. Cause I felt like like Gruden brought some old guys in in like 07, 08 that never played, but they were his old guys. I think it was like Ryan Johnson he brought in. Yeah. I just, I, I felt like that was Gannon, but I guess that wasn't. No, Gannon. he didn't bring in Gannon. Okay. Anyway, what's going to happen, Andrew? Give right, me the so, rundown. So this one's actually a 
very good matchup to watch because both both these teams are kind of squishier defenses uh, in terms yeah. of, in terms of the run game. Uh, mm-hmm. The Raiders' defensive line has actually been really good at pass rushing this year. Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby have actually been one of the best duos in the league this year, surprising enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, I think Max Crosby's probably going to be an all-pro this year. Uh, he's been that good. But, um, but yeah, that Raiders defensive line, it's a good pass rushing unit. It's just that that run defense has really been lacking for the majority of the, of the year. Um, not only that, but, like, the coverage unit just was never anything special. Uh, I do think it's very remarkable this year that, you know, one of the defense going into the season that we thought were going to be uh, just such a terrible unit has actually been pretty all right. Um, but it's it's an average defense, right? That's my point. Okay. Now, on the flip side, for the Bengals, their defense is also pretty average. They're also very squishy against the run. They're going to be going against um, Josh Jacobs this week, uh, who is one of the mm-hmm. better running backs in the league. Uh, also against a Raiders offensive line that's pretty decent. So, Joe, or Joe Mixon and, um, and oh my gosh, I just blanked on his name. Josh Jacobs. I think they're going to have, I think they're both going to have solid games on the ground. Also, these are two defensive units that are just okay. But what I think is going to win Bang- the Bengals the game is the offensive side of the ball. Because the connection that Joe Burrow has with Jamar Chase is something that's truly special and something that we really haven't seen in a long time uh, between a a quarterback and a receiver just clicking immediately. Um, like, it's given me, you know, Stafford and Calvin Johnson vibes. Uh, by the way, these two these two have really hit the ground running. Uh, not only that, but you have uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, a, a, a one of the best slot receivers in the league, along with sure, T, sure. along with T Higgins, an excellent number two option um, uh, opposite of Jamar Chase. And of course, I don't think I even really need, need to talk about Jamar Chase, right? Like he's gonna no, I don't think he, so. he's probably gonna be he's gonna be offensive rookie of the year. He's broken all types of records. Um, he he's been amazing. And obviously, Joe Burrow is the guy who is going to make it all happen. And I love Joe Burrow. You know this, Harry. You know you're an LSU fan. He's the best thing to happen to LSU. <sighs> Long, in at the quarterback time. position, I should say. Yeah. Since Billy Cannon, famed con- dental conman, actual true. <laughs> uh, Billy Cannon. Uh, what about um? Actually, no. You get what JT. JT Tolliver? Was that his name? Jamarcus no. Russell. Jamarcus Russell. Matt ah, Flynn. Matt Flynn. Don't Matt forget. Flynn. Don't forget about the Matt goat. Flynn. Matt Flynn won a natty with with the team that Jamarcus Russell could not win with. All right? Put some respect on Matt Flynn's name, young man. But anyways. Anyways. Um, I just don't think... I just don't... When I look at the Raiders' offense, I just... You know, position for position, I don't think they match up. Uh, I don't think they have, like, the same caliber players. Uh, sure. Like, the receiving core is a complete downgrade. Because all you you got Hunter Renfro is a nice slot option. You got uh, Brian Edwards, who's, who's pretty decent. And you have your deep threat in Deshaun Jackson, who's been mm-hmm. very inconsistent, but, you know, is able to generate a good play. Uh, you obviously have Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think Darren Waller is going to be back uh, for the for this playoff game, so that is very notable. He is 
one of the best tight ends in the league when healthy. Sure. Um, so if Darren Waller's back, this might actually be a game. But um, as it stands right now, I just don't – when it comes to, like, these really close matchups, I'm always going to take the better quarterback, and I'm sorry. But Derek Carr is just not in the same caliber of quarterback that Joe Burrow is, at, at least at this point in time. Uh, mm-hmm. Carr has impressed me over this year. Uh, and he's been better than what you know I previ- I previously thought, but he's still not an elite quarterback by any means. Um, so for that reason, I, I'm going to be taking the Bengals in this one. Okay, you know, Andrew, there's something that Joe Burrow simply does not have. Uh oh, and that is the grit and playoff experience <laughs> of grizzled veteran. Derek Carr, but Derek Carr has never played. Derek Carr has never played in a playoff game. Oh, because he got injured in 2016. Oh my God, you're right. He was the MVP front runner, and then he and then he broke his leg, and they were forced to oh, start Connor Cook. Terrible. Oh God, now it's like. Well, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I feel like both teams have actually been very inconsistent this year. The Bengals less so, but both teams have had some truly humiliating losses. Uh, especially the Raiders, though the Raiders have shown an ability to play up to competition, including notably beating the Cowboys on Thanksgiving in a pretty impressive display of offense. And I think that's really what we're going to see here. It's going to be a shootout. Honestly, I could see that I could very much see the Raiders winning this game. And it's simply by getting some pressure on Joe Burrow and then and then just kind of hoping that they, that Derek Carr can tear up a pretty bad Cincinnati secondary. But the, as you said, I mean, frankly, the caliber of weapons for Cincinnati is better than what Derek Carr and the Raiders have to work with. So I think what it's going to come down to is just how much of a factor is that Cincinnati O-line going to be? Because as good as Jamar Chase is, he can't block for Joe Burrow, <laughs> unfortunately. So if the Raiders dial up some creative blitz schemes and can get pressure early enough, rattle Joe Burrow, put him in a hole, force him to play hero ball you could see a game where they can very much win, but all things being equal, I'm saying I would take the Bengals, but I am very shaky on that. And I would like to see, especially the first quarter to see just how much the Raiders defense is going to do what, just what they're going to do to try and bring pressure on Burrow, considering it's a pretty weak O-line with a pretty good defensive line on the Raiders part. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really do think that it's going to be a very close game, uh, but Again, like we like we've mentioned before, when when we're t- we're splitting hairs, the most important yeah. hair to split is the quarterback, and uh, you know, I just trust Joe Burrow more. That that yeah, it. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him play in the playoffs, but as you pointed out, um, we haven't seen Derek Carr in the playoffs. I guess Derek Carr. I'm trying to remember the last Derek Carr meltdown game. You know, we just had a total game. That's the thing. Derek Carr has been like that middling quarterback for such a long time until this year where he actually like stepped up his play a little bit. Yeah, I guess that, that that is sort of the way they could win this game is Joe Burrow hasn't had like a bad game, though, either, you know? I mean, he had a couple of blip games early on in the yeah. year, but... I mean, that's the thing. I guess, it, again, that's what I'm saying is if they can get to him early, force him to play from behind, he throws a couple of bad passes, you know, 50-50 balls even that don't go his way, mm-hmm. maybe you can rattle him. But, you know, I, yeah, as you said, I mean, Burrow's a better quarterback than Carr. So yeah. we're, we're going to see how it plays out, though. All right. Honestly, 
I'm kind of curious to see. I call, I kind of want the Raiders to win to see exactly how far do you think the Raiders need to go in this playoffs to keep uh, Rich Passaccio? I think, you know, beat the Bengals. The, their next opponent, I think, would end up being um... – Actually, no. We'd have to. We 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 will actually have to provide yeah, our we'll playoff talk predictions. About that. Yeah. Because keep yeah. in mind, folks, uh, the NFL playoffs do reseed every round, which so. is kind of dumb. I mean, I it, it it is good, but it's also bad, in my opinion. You know what I mean? But anyways, anyways, um, to answer your question, Harry, I think if the Raiders win, win against the Bengals and then pull a close one out against whichever mm-hmm. team they be playing next. Uh, which would be either uh, the Chiefs or the Titans. Uh, if they if they win one against those and make the championship game, I think you kind of have to keep Bisaccia, don't you? Right. I mean, you'd think so. I mean, I ju- just just for such an impressive turnaround job and the resilience that the that the team showed after they fired Gruden and lost Henry Ruggs. Frankly. I, I almost think that if they if they beat the Bengals, especially if they beat the Bengals in convincing fashion, that might be enough to save his job, give him a one-year prove-it deal, see if it's not a fluke. But I don't know. The Raiders are in an interesting position. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. All right. But, All right. Oh, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that was I was going to transition, but you go ahead. Yeah, so as our thoughts close on this wild-card matchup between the Raiders and the Bengals, I think it's time, Harry to provide our full playoff well i don't know if you want to do like just wild card round this week or if you or if you want to do like the entire thing up until like super bowl winner that's an interesting question um here i just sent you a bracket um no i'm lo- i'm looking at one right now okay uh well in that case i think we should do let's just do wild card we can we can keep it rolling through the playoffs i think that's a good i think that's a good way to do it okay all right. Um, why don't we knock out the start... easy games first? Okay, you want to start NFC, AFC? Let's start AFC because we we okay. we're, we're already talking about a an AFC sure. matchup. So we've made our predictions for Bengals Raiders, which is narrowly narrowly Bengals. So Chiefs Steelers. Yeah, it's uh, it's the matchup nobody wanted because we couldn't have. You know, Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. We need to have Ben Roethlisberger versus Patrick Mahomes. What's left of Ben Roethlisberger? Famed pillar of the community, Ben Roethlisberger against Patrick Mahomes. <sighs> Stormy Daniels' best friend, Ben Roethlisberger. And protector. Protector. Anyway, it's not that. I mean, if the Chiefs lose this game, then oh boy. <laughs> the heads are going to roll in Cincinnati. Or, uh, Who's in Kansas City? Whose head, though? Actually, honest question. Probably Spagnolo. Mm. Spagnolo, because it would take a defensive collapse by the Chiefs mm. to to lose this game. So the Steelers, the Steelers, the only reason they even have a shot at this game is because they have Najee Harris and they have a great run game, and they're and they're you, off, they're off. Is that literally... Andrew Pearson praising a team for drafting a running back high? Hey, I'm. I I know ne- I said when the draft was happening, the only one of the only teams I envisioned Najee Harris being a good pick for in the first round was the Steelers. All right, do you remember this? Yeah, I do recall. There you go, Be- because that that's the I'm reason, just poking the, fun at you. The Andrew. whole reason I said that was because 
unless you are a team like the Steelers that is defensive-minded with a limited quarterback, you're picking too low to actually draft a quarterback, and you're in a win-now window, drafting a a high-level running back is acceptable, you know, mid-picks to later in the first round, all right? It is acceptable. And he has to be a really good running back. And thankfully, Najee Harris has been one of the best backs in the league. Um, So, also, this Chiefs defense, other than Chris Jones, who's been a star, as as he always is, um, other than Chris Jones, this Kansas City run defense is pretty squishy. So... The only way I see the Steelers winning this game is if they control the clock the entire game, uh, you know, heavy doses of doses of Najee Harris, uh, and of course abusing the quick game with their great receivers. And because Ben can only throw like five to ten yards now, um, that's pretty much how they're going to have to win the game. And their defense is going to have to play one of the best defensive games of the year, like. Saints Saints shutting out the Bucks level of good. Um, and I think all of that kind of sets up to what I'm thinking. Like, Patrick Mahomes is just going to feast. Right? Because it's Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. This is not going to be a close game in all likelihood. And if it is, there's serious concerns in Kansas City. But, yeah. As you said. Uh, for all the cracks showing in the Chiefs, it's not going to be the Steelers that are going to exploit them. So we can clearly and unequivocally say Chiefs. So to round out our AFC wildcard bracket, we have the first interesting matchup so far. Or well, I guess that's not true. That's not fair. The the Bengals Raiders is interesting, but Bills Patriots. This is a really the team. Do you take the coach or the quarterback? It's really tough, Harry. This one's really tough because on the one hand... It's going to be played in Buffalo. Notable. It is going to be played in Buffalo. And I'll just say this right now. There are a handful of teams in the playoffs right now that are kind of built the way that Buffalo tried to build their team. They're an offensive-minded team with, with a handful of playmakers on defense, but also a very squishy run defense and prone to losing to very physical, uh, run-heavy football teams. And I think, to a T, that describes what this game is going to be. Uh, the Patriots are going to dominate time of possession. They're going to run like their life depends on it because their playoff lives do depend on it. Um, and they're going to play tough, rough, rough-and-tumble defense with Josh Allen. And oh. the only way that the Bills are going to win this game is if they get one of Josh Allen's best performances of the, of the year. And as we've seen throughout the year, it's been Josh Allen carrying this offense because... Yes, it has very much been a carry job. Because they, there is no run game. Josh Allen is the run game. Um, and he has Stephon Diggs. Um, and I don't know if Cole Beasley is back, uh, is back from COVID or back from injury yet. Um, mm-hmm. And... He also have like he also has like Dawson Knox, an athletic tight end, but Stephon Diggs. Yeah, yeah, like Stephon Diggs is your number one weapon, and you hope the other guys pick up the slack. But other than that, Josh Allen isn't getting that much help from his offense, or his offensive line, or for that matter, really his defense. Uh, the def- the defense here for Buffalo has been 
kind of underwhelming uh, over the past two years, um, both both due to injury and um, just lack of production. Uh, it's a, it's an okay defense, but again, it's prone to losing to teams like the Patriots. Uh, right. So really, this all depends on the performance of a Mac Jones. You know, is he going to play? You know, up to that baseline level that he was playing at earlier in the year and save for um like it's really going to come down to how many mistakes does each quarterback make and can josh allen play god that's the question and i i want to take the bills but i don't know man bill belichick has been here before yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So I don't know what what are what are your thoughts, Harry? Because I'm pretty split. Yeah. So I think this is one really interesting matchup, and I essentially agree with everything you said. And I think it comes down to what do you what do you value more, a coach or a quarterback? I think Bill Belichick is a better coach than Josh Allen is a quarterback, but I also think that a quarterback is an inherently more valuable factor than a coach on a certain level. Belichick can't get out there and play defensive line like he did in college you know what i mean but i think i am also very split and i i would normally take the patriots but i think that the season record was misleading Mm -hmm. because they split it which would seem to indicate more 50 50 logic however the one the bills one the game the bills one was pretty normal josh allen had to you know go off and play fantastic football but it was a normal game yeah however the game the pats won mac jones threw like three passes yeah it was too windy for any field goals it was still a close game it was raining and they ran the ball the time no but it was it was belichick's perfect game because it neutralized josh allen and became a defensive struggle where belichick really strong shines and if belichick could get can drag the bills down with him then absolutely the Pats win this game. But I don't think you can rely on having that level of bad weather because it essentially totally neutralized the Bills passing attack. And it's then therefore neutralized the best part of Josh Allen's repertoire. Mm -hmm. That is fluky. That's not what's going to happen. If there's another win game like that, sure, the Pats win. But realistically, there's only been one quote-unquote real matchup between these teams in which there wasn't some incredibly important factor and the Bills won that matchup Mm -hmm. so it's really close and I want to take Belichick and my gut says Belichick but it's hard to dispute that Josh Allen beat the patch straight up with a superhuman effort sure but he's proven he's capable of reproducing that and there is one thing that works against the Patriots which is you know, people talk about Mac Jones and, oh, he's so mature and poised for a rookie. Mm-hmm. We saw the limitations of that. He's still a rookie. He's a rookie. And especially, um, was it was it last week? Was it the last week of the Over season? Over the past he's, month, really, he hasn't been. He's thrown some back-breaking pick sixes, and that's the kind of stuff that's going to kill the pass, is that Josh Allen's going to do something spectacular and go up, and then Mac Jones feels the pressure of a playoff game and throws a bad interception. And that's exactly what I, I do not like Tom Brady. I think he's very overrated, but he managed to avoid a lot of those backbreaking turnovers. 
Matt, Matt Jones does not have the playoff tenure for me to confidently say he also avoids backbreaking turnovers, especially with, as you said, this past month's rather shaky play to the point where I feel like, frankly, I would have felt more comfortable taking the Pats before I saw the last four or so weeks of Mac Jones. Now, I feel like it's not just that Matt, that Josh Allen is a significantly better quarterback than Mac Jones. I think there's a not uh, there's a very significant chance that Mac Jones could be something of a liability mm-hmm. on the field. I, w- I, w- I would actually Matt- I would actually agree with that, and it's also that that like I know I kind of downplayed the Bucks or the the Bills defense, but they're not a bad defense. Like they're not. They're not some awful defense mm-hmm. either. Exactly. They have, they, they have can good, punish they have, mistakes. Yeah, they have they have some good coverage players. So, honestly, I think with that said, you kind of convinced me. I think I'm taking the Bills. Mm, I'm glad. I'm glad I could convince you. Bring you to my side. <laughs> All right. But so, yeah. so I believe that's the AFC done, folks. That's um, the AFC. So to review, we're taking Chiefs over Steelers, Bills mm-hmm. over Patriots. And Bengals over Ravens. We are taking the higher seed in every single case, actually. That's right, but that won't be the case. Actually, no, that will yeah, be the case. No, 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 I'm coming for the Cowboys. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll t- we'll talk about that game last. Uh, let's get the e- let, let's get let's get the easiest game of the entire slate sure. on this super wild card weekend. Eagles. Bucks, do we even really need to have a conversation on this one, Harry? There is one thing that is mildly interesting. Okay. So the Bucks Eagles game was not very close in the regular season, right? I forgot they played in the regular season. They played and it was not very close. But a lot of people have used that as a cudgel, saying, yeah, the Eagles are not that good of a team. Look at they got absolutely bludgeoned by the Bucks. Oh, I'd However, also like I'd also like to mention, folks, the Eagles have not beaten a team this season that ended with a winning record. Every single team they beat has a losing not record. Not yet. Oh, here we go. So, I mean, full disclosure, um, in my household, there is an Eagles fan, so I'm not allowed to say that many bad things about the Eagles. And I will say, in fairness, that when they got beat by the Bucks, they were a different team. Sirianni actually ran the ball twice in the first half. <laughs> this is the team with the best running offense in football, and they didn't run the ball at all in that game. So I'm just saying, hypothetically, we have seen the recipe for beating the Bucks, which is really good defensive play and absolutely dominant ball control. And you know what team did that to perfection this year? The Saints. The what? No, the Washington football team. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, that's right. That's, that's right. That's the only good thing that happened this year. I, I'm <laughs> clinging to it. You can't take this from me, Andrew. Regardless. I, seriously, I, I literally just took it from you. You did not take it from me. The Saints are not the same, okay? They had to rely on like They Tom ended Brady with a winning picks. record. Yeah, did they make the playoffs, though? Didn't think so. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. <laughs> choke, choke, choke. Yeah, anyway. So... Tell me, Andrew, how recently have the Saints made the playoffs? Last year. How recently have the Washington football team made the playoffs? Also last year. Well, looks like we're just (laughs) about even, aren't we? We're at an impasse. Anyway, jokes aside, we saw with, you know, Taylor Heineke's 10-minute drive to close out the Bucs, right? Mm -hmm. If you can keep the ball 
out of the offense's hands and you can play good defense, you can beat the Bucs. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have the running game to play that ball control. Yes, the Bucs defense is good. But frankly... Yes, they're really good against the run also. Well, here's the thing. Do you know who our running back was against the Bucs? By it... our, I mean, the Washington football team? Oh, wait. Oh, you're asking for the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it McKissick? No. It was Antonio Gibson. On uh, I, was, I, was, I was about to say, the way you phrased that, I'm like, oh, was Gibson hurt that week? Well, he was hurt. He played through it. Oh, okay. I'm not going to deny that the Bucs are their favorites, but I think that the Eagles, here's, here's the thing. I'm bringing this all around to say, frankly, I think the Eagles have the offense to pull off a ball control upset win. Yes, the Bucs are really good against they the They don't run, have the defense, though. That's, that's what problem. I'm going to say. Say what you about the Washington football team's defense. It underperformed. But it, it was super talented, and it lived up to that talent in that specific game against the Bucs. And that is where I think the comparison between why the Eagles could give the Bucs a good game runs out of gas. Also, They well, have the running game. Also, more notably... But they the, do not have the, the defense for it. Yeah, but also more notably, the way the Saints won as well, they took a page from the Washington football team and said, hey, we have a defense that's playing better right now, and even though our offense is literally dead and can barely get a first down... They won. They won their second matchup nine to nothing. That's because they yeah. had they had a defense that was firing on all cylinders. That was that's because able... Tom Brady is the best. He really I mean, he he creates. He creates everything, Harry. <laughs> that's right. He plays defense. He wills defenses to play better. He that's magically right. wills front offices and wills Bill Belichick into creating master masterful defenses like every year. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways, like we said before, the Eagles do not have the defense of either the Washington football team or the Saints. This isn't going to happen. If it does, uh, you can crown Jalen Hurts in Philly forever. You can crown Jalen Hurts as the best quarterback in the NFC East. <laughs> <sighs> he did what Dak could not. Slay the Brady. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, um, I think that does it for that. Now we have a really um, unfortunate matchup that everyone thinks is going to be really good, but I think I know the answer to, Harry. Oh, you think you've cracked the code. Well, it's gonna be us. It's going to be the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, I'm taking the Rams in this one, Harry. The Rams. I'm taking the Rams. Okay. And uh, please explain why it's not going to be that close. Well, I, I think it'll still be like within within a score or two. I think it'll be within 10 points. But the reason I say this is because the Cardinals match up terribly against the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. They have a very mediocre offensive line right now with a pass-happy uh, mentality on offense. What the Rams have is what who really is the best player individual in, in independent of positional value mm-hmm. is probably the best player in the entire league, which is sure. Aaron Donald. All right. He's just going to be feasting on that offensive line all game. He's going to be forcing Kyler Murray to run all game long. And uh, Kyler Murray went under pressure. He showed flashes of being able to, you know, of being able to really, you know, create fireworks out of that. But 
uh, as as we showed in the Seahawks game just last week, you know, it he can be fooled. You know, he he can be pressured. He can be he can be limited very much so. And the Rams' style of play, which is get Aaron Donald to force a quarterback out of the pocket, and specifically this new modern defense called uh you know the the cover four system where you have where you have defenses put a blanket say hey we're not going to allow the big play here all right we're not going to mm-hmm. allow the big play and we're going to force quarterbacks to take stuff underneath and when kyler murray doesn't have access to his big plays he's shown that he hasn't been able to really lead games uh well not not so much lead games but he's he's fallen behind in those games uh a big example of this would be that packers game several a, a month or two ago uh yeah. where where the packers run a very similar style of defense and he wasn't able to to come out of that game with a win right um this style of defense is the brand new modern style of defense that's that that a lot of coordinators are are starting to implement now and the the and brandon staley uh oh, oh i'm sorry not brandon staley um uh sean mcveigh here on the rams uh and his defensive coordinator run it beautifully um so with this style of defense and with the way that the cardinals match up on offense i'm not, i'm just not confident kyler murray is going to have the game that everybody thinks he's going to have and uh we, you go on the flip side right uh rams offense against the cardinals defense this cardinals defense is squishy you know uh they haven't fixed that physicality that that physicality question that has always been put on cliff kinsbury teams um they've been they've been you know better than expected but keep in mind this is a team that has tons of uh, that has a multitude of weapons um Odell Beckham Jr. is starting to look a lot better than than what he did in Cleveland. You have Cooper Cup, who has been one of the most productive receivers of all time this season. Yeah. Uh, you have Gerald Everett, who's a who's a solid option. Uh, who's a solid? Oh wait, no, not Gerald, Gerald Everett. I'm sorry, Tyler Higby, who is mm-hmm, who has been mm-hmm. one of the better all around tight ends in the league. Um, you have Cam Akers is back. You have a dominant offensive line. Really, the only way I see the Rams losing this game is if you get a dud from Matthew Stafford. That's the only way I see them losing this one, which is possible. It's possible because he's laid up a couple of duds this year, uh, and I'm not going to yeah. hide that. But I'll be honest, like as long as Matt Stafford plays fine, I think the Rams are going to win. Okay. Okay, I'm just processing, Andrew. I'm processing what you said. Because mm-hmm. frankly, Andrew, I don't disagree with what you said. But I still think you're full of malarkey. Oh, my. Let me tell you why, Andrew. Two words. Stat Padford. Oh, no. And the tale of the quarterback who just couldn't get it done against winning teams. Listen. The whole reason that they got rid of Jared Goff and brought in Matt Stafford, they being the Rams, was because they wanted a quarterback who could get it done against good teams. A quarterback who could be a genuine positive contributor at a high level 
late in games in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. How do I say this? It's not entirely clear that Matt Stafford is that guy when it really matters. And I mean, Andrew, I'll ask you straight up. Kyler Murray or Matt Stafford, who are you taking? That's actually pretty tough. Um, it's Kyler Murray. I'm sorry. It's yeah, Kyler Murray. You, you, you give Kyler the edge. Yes. And here's the thing. Now, I am a little split because I do feel like the Rams were able to beat good teams in the playoffs with Jared Goff. So they don't need a great quarterback. But I don't know. I think people forget that the Cardinals were 7-1 and one at one point in the season. And they, I mean, they, they basically beat the Packers if A.J. Green turned around, you know? <laughs> and so I'm going to say that I will actually disagree with you there. Not because I don't think that you're not because I don't agree with your logic, but because I don't believe I believe more in this Cardinals team and less in Matt Stafford as a playoff quarterback. And with that said, I will admit, I will admit that this is a pretty close matchup for me, at least. And I don't have the same level of confidence in my pick that you do, but I still think that you look at Kyler Murray. He's still very capable of pulling a rabbit out of the hat. And I think that, Matt Stafford is not someone I necessarily trust. Do I think that the Rams are a better team? Sure. But I think that the Cardinals have a slight edge, mostly because of my high opinion of Kyler Murray and correspondingly low opinion of Matt Stafford. I mean, keep that in, being keep, said, keep in that's mind, a pretty narrow edge. Keep in mind, DeAndre Hopkins has been very quiet to close out the year. He's been playing hurt. He's Kyler Murray's not just best option, but kind of the only option because... The, true. the the other receivers on this team haven't been that good. And keep in mind, Jalen Ramsey on the other side for the Rams has been known to delete receivers. Mm-hmm. So Kyler Murray's going to probably be doing this all on his own with no big play. With, or with very limited big plays. I mean, that's true. That's true. But, you know, Kyler Murray beat the Cowboys. So, you know, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> here we are <laughs> only kyler could play all his games in that uh in jerry world if only if only but anyway yeah so that's where i stand i think well, there's a mild disagreement there though i only am giving a narrow edge to the cardinals so that brings us to the final and perhaps uh, most emotionally intense for at least andrew <laughs> uh, matchup for this wildcard weekend the san francisco 49ers and the dallas cowboys um, Who you taking, Andrew? So, I'll be quick with this one. Um, I think the the Cowboys are coming in to this game with one of the hottest defenses in the league this year. Uh, and as a Cowboys fan, that is so alien to say that the defense is actually good this year. But it has been. It, it the def- this defense has been excellent this year. It has forced Turner forced. Honestly, it I think it's forced mo- more turnovers this year than the defense has forced turnovers over the last three years. Uh, I yeah. would not I would Honestly, not be surprised. Yeah. Um, this is a ball hawking, turnover hungry defense with excellent pass rush, uh, decent coverage, and not only that, but one of the best offenses in the league to back it up. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the Niners, the Niners are le- leaning on Jimmy Garoppolo. 
if it's not Jimmy G, it's going to be Trey Lance, who is just not NFL ready right now. Uh, he's he's still incredibly raw. He's showed some good stuff, but he's not better than Jimmy G right now. So you're relying on Jimmy G, who's been turnover heavy, very sporadic um, accuracy, um, who has been able to produce, but you know is is always liable to turn the ball over. I just don't think this. And keep in mind on the defense side of the ball, the the Niners have almost no corners. Like they have like. Ahmad, uh, crap. Who who was it again? Let me let me double let me just double check this real quick. They have a rookie. Thing. They have a rookie corner who's who's actually who's actually been in a pretty good. Uh, Ambry Thomas is who I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been he's been all right. He's been all right. Um, for the Niners on in that secondary. But I, I'll be honest, Harry, that secondary for the Niners pretty suspect. Uh, the front seven sure. for the Niners is pretty good, but. If I'm coming down to it, I just think Cowboys have the better defense, the better offense, and a much better quarterback. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Oh, my. It is perhaps true that statistics will tell you that the Cowboys are better offensively and defensively. And the eye test. And the roster talent. I'm not sure about the eye test, considering some of those uh, Cowboys games. Denver springs to mind. Then again, of course, they have some bad games. Okay, but here's the thing, Andrew. Mike McCarthy is the head coach of the Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if the 49ers keep it close, I feel like eh, they might win that game. You know what I mean? Do you trust Mike McCarthy late in the game with decision-making, clock management? I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Not particularly, but... I don't. I don't know if the you don't game think is it's going to even be close. I think it. I don't. I think it'll be competitive because if there's one weakness to the Cowboys' defense, it's the run defense. Like the run defense. And the Kyle run Shanahan de- can make anyone be a hundred yard rusher. That's true. So that would be, that would be my only concern is if the, this is another one of those like high flying finesse teams, uh, mm-hmm. plays against one of these smash mouth teams. Right, this is kind of similar to what we said about the Bills and the Pats, except it's a little bit different here, um, because I just think that the Cowboys have a better defense than than the Bills do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I still think I, I'm still convinced it's going to be Cowboys, but I think it'll be within a score because it's not like this Niners team is bad at all. So um, mm-hmm. I think I think the only way the Niners are going to win is if they play ball control, um, abuse the that that middle of the defense uh, for the Cowboys and um, force turnovers from Dak, which have been hard to come by this year. So because Dak hasn't been playing, has been playing very good football, especially over the last three weeks or so. So unless it's like a super slow start for the Cowboys and they they've, they're in a comeback position throughout the entire game. I doubt it's going to be the Niners, but they have a shot. I'm not going to pretend like that shot is zero. So I, 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 I'm taking the Cowboys on this one, but I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I respect that opinion, Andrew, but I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just blinded by my hatred of the Cowboys. 
maybe it's the fact that Jerry Jones hasn't seemed to be able to put together a team that can get past the divisional round in a long, long time. Hey, we will get, we will at least get to the divisional round. This <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. But I, I like the Niners. I think they're a sneaky good team. And I think I specifically, I love ball control. Right, Andrew? It's my thing. It's why I like the Washington football team this year, even though we sucked. But, I, and I really enjoy the way Kyle Shanahan is able to create so much offense on, on, on the run game. Yeah, I can't deny it. The Cowboys are the favorites. They're probably going to win this game. But I am not, I am not so confident in that that I'm going to put my foot down and say I'm straight at picking the Niners. All I'm saying is, is that if the Niners can keep it close, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I think it's a lot closer than people I, get credit I, I would for. agree with that. I would agree with that. But yeah, I mean, I can't deny that while I don't really like Mike McCarthy's head coach, I think that the Cowboys are a little overrated in some facets, like they're ball hawking defense, but they can give up some big plays. I don't deny Jimmy Garoppolo is not that guy. And Micah Parsons is really good. And Dak Prescott is very steady presence behind center with some real upside. So yeah, I think the Cowboys are the better team. But if the game stays close, the longer the game stays relatively even, the more I'm going to lean towards San Francisco because I trust their coaching staff with the decision-making late. And because I think that ball control offense pays off later in games when you get when you start cutting possessions out from your opponent. I would, I, I would, I would agree with most of what you said. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, I think it's gonna be closer than people think, um, and I think it'll be a good game. Now, what really makes me happy, Harry, is that this this week of of um, of wild card football is mm-hmm. gonna be really good. Hey, yeah, hopefully. So I don't know. That's what I'm excited about. To recap, ladies and gentlemen, for the AFC side of this super wild card weekend, we got the Bills winning. We have yep. the Bengals Chiefs. advancing and the Chiefs mm-hmm. winning. On the NFC side, we have the Bucks, uh, the Cowboys, and we're still very split on on this Cardinals Rams game. But yeah. um, I don't know. We'll probably decide that next week when we talk playoffs again. Yeah, we'll see. We will definitely see. Uh, or at least it, picked... it will be decided by then. <laughs> yeah, so. it will be. Taking the Bucks over the Eagles, though. I think the Eagles are sneakily better than people think. Uh, and yeah. Have them be Cowboys. a winning team. Go cry, Andrew. How many <laughs> winning teams have the Cowboys beat? I don't remember. Good handful. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Did they beat the Raiders? Did they beat the Broncos? You better hope they don't go to the Super Bowl and play an AFC West team because they are dead. Wait, did they get swept by the AFC West? No, they, we beat the Chargers. Did they beat the Chargers. Well, the Chargers aren't in the playoffs. So if any, if any, either of the two AFC West teams advance to the Super Bowl, you're done. Anyway, yeah, folks, so it looks like we're going to run a little low on time. So we won't be able to dance on Joe Judge's job's grave a little bit. But he should have been fired. We agree on this. Yeah. It is what it is. And then also, finally, um, it is really funny that Brandon Staley – quite literally lost the game for the charge. I mean, oh, that, that is 100% real, on him. That was so that was funny. funny. And I feel bad for Frank Reich because he's still trying to drag a Carson so, Wentz-led team to the playoffs with, 
I wouldn't say predictable results because I did not see that disaster of a Jags game coming. But man, that one's got to hurt. Yeah, you should have. They should have won that game, man. It wasn't even close, though. Did you see it? You I know. The like game? the Jags were in control the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I was just sitting there like Trevor Lawrence looked like the like the first overall pick for the first time in his NFL career. Good lord. Well. I don't know, maybe reason for false hope for the Jags fans, but not a good run for the Colts. And, Andrew, you got anything left in the tank for this show? Um, Got to shoot Dan Campbell some love. I love me some Dan Campbell. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, when draft season comes around, uh, we'll be you and I will be excited for that. And uh, mm-hmm. We will see about that. I think that's about all we got left for, for, for today, so... Yeah, I do. I believe so. All righty, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bubby's Brunch Buddies. I hope you've enjoyed gained a new perspective on the NFL or Andrew. I didn't include any Bubby Brister trivia. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This we is just messed up. This I have is so much Bobby. Brister. This is all right. I have. I will go into the vaults, Andrew. <laughs> I have prepared backup Bubby trivia. If you don't believe that I am ready, all right. So give, give us this is, give this us is, a quick one. Give us a quick one. All righty. So this is a little bit of this is one thing that a lot of people forget. But you see, way back in the day, Got right quick. before the Broncos let Bubby go. Right. Mm-hmm. There was a slight window of time without Elway when they have Brian Greasy and they chose him over Bubby before they let Bubby walk. Right. Yeah. Well, Brian Greasy, and this is interesting here, started 0 and 4. This is not shocking. So head coach Mike Shanahan did what he always should have done and put Bubby Brister under start under center, saying, quote, I just think this is the best thing for our football team right now. That's right. So. Bobby Brister vowed to get the team back on track. I feel like I could have done some things to help us, but Brian played a great couple of games. Consummate teammate, Bobby Brister, magnanimous. What I do know is I can do something about this week, and hopefully that means us getting a win. Now, this is notable because Brister admitted last month that he was shocked when Shanahan announced right before the start of the season that Greasy would be the starter over him. And Brister actually left training camp and considered asking for a trade or retiring, but he finally opted to stay with Denver. In other words, Bobby Brister is a stand-up guy, loyal to the team, ready to contribute, doesn't drag his teammates down, even when their success comes at his expense. That's what a great right. guy. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I believe that's the close to our show. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next week when all these playoff predictions hopefully come true. All mm-hmm. right, we will see you all next time, and have yourselves a good one.